0: I want us to turn, please, to Luke's gospel and chapter 15. The gospel of Luke, please, and chapter 15. And we'll read uh, from verse number three. Luke chapter 15, verse three. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing, And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying, Unto them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which is lost. You will most will know that it's the story then of the the lost silver, the lost coin. Um, But I want to think of the third part of this parable, reading verse number 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of good that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough to despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hard servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Just maybe, when we're in Luke's gospel, if we turn to chapter sixteen, just the next chapter. And I don't think I'll read just all of uh, or the end of Luke chapter sixteen, but most will know that it's a story, the very solemn and sad story of a man in hell. But I just want you to notice the words of uh, verse number twenty-eight. Or verse 27 Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And just a verse, please, back in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs and in chapter number seven, the book of Proverbs and chapter seven. And it's verse number 19, the book of Proverbs seven, verse 19. For the good man is not at home. He is gone a long journey. The good man is not at home. He is gone a long journey. Now we look to God for his blessing upon the reading of Holy Scripture. I would say that for even the youngest in our meeting this evening, that if I said the word home to you, you would likely know what I'm referring to. You know, there's something nice just about being at home, isn't there? You've been thinking particularly of a day, maybe after a busy day at work, and there's just something nice to be able to come home to your own house, to your own place. And to be able to just relax after maybe what would be a stressful day. Well, tonight, just for a few minutes in the meeting, I want to think about home. And from Luke chapter 15, I want us to think about a man, a sinner, who left home. And then from the book of Proverbs in chapter 7, maybe somewhat an obscure verse to read in a gospel meeting, but I want to think there about a saviour who left home. When we come back then to Luke chapter 15, I want us to think there about this prodigal son. And I want us to notice that this prodigal son who left home is now the one who came home. And from Luke chapter 15 at the start of the chapter, this very familiar story of that lost sheep, I want us to think there about a sheep and it was brought home. And finally, at the end of our meeting, if I have time, You know, I was thinking up the way up in the car there, you know, I won't be so worried tonight if I, if I don't get to Luke chapter 16, for it's a very difficult passage to try and speak about, you know, I haven't been speaking very long, preaching very long, but you know, I remember I used to often read Luke 16, but you know, as meetings go on, you know, I very rarely read from Luke 16 for it's a very solemn chapter And in Luke chapter 16, for a minute or two at the end, I just want to think of a man and he's in hell. What's he doing? He's thinking of home. You know, I dare say that for a soul that lands in hell for eternity, that will fill their occupation or their mind, they'll be thinking of home. Well, tonight from Luke chapter 15, first of all, I want to think of this prodigal son. Oftentimes we turn to it in the gospel. Luke chapter 15 is a a chapter that we love to turn to for it's so simple to try and preach the gospel from. And so from Luke chapter 15, the story of this prodigal, I want us to think of this man who left home. I want to think of the decision that he made. Likely from the reading, and maybe doing a bit of reading between the lines, we can see the picture of a father and his two sons. I likely judged that there was quite a good relationship or a rapport between the father and the son. And it seems to me that somewhat out of the blue, there comes this day and this man. He had likely been thinking about the far country, And all of the the bright lights and the attractions of a far country. And he comes to his father and he says, father, he says, give me. He was thinking of himself and he says, give me to the me the portions of goods that belongeth to me. Really what he was saying was, give me the inheritance that would be mine after you were gone. Imagine a son wishing his father was dead just to get his money. Do you know the reason that he wanted the money? As I say, he had made a decision that he wanted to turn his back upon his, his father's house. And he wanted to go out into the world and try and enjoy it with all of its pleasures. And he had made a decision to go. You know, I know most of my audience tonight, and I... I would just say this. I wonder, am I speaking to someone? And for you, maybe there's somewhat in the back of your mind a little bit of resentment. And as you look out across the world tonight and you see all of the attractions and all of the things that would just be calling you, I wonder if you made the decision, well, that's the type of life I want. You know, I would love tonight in this meeting that you would be able to see with the help of God that this world is nothing but an empty place. I know people very well, and tonight they've made a decision to turn their back upon home, all of the comforts, all of the joys of home, and they've made a decision, a deliberate decision, to enjoy a life out in the world. And tonight, if they were being honest with you, tonight they're further, they're further away than they ever imagined they would be. You know, just be careful at the decisions that you make. For this man, his decision had led to his depravity. I notice that here in Luke chapter 15, for it tells us that this man, after he had wasted all of his substance with riotous living, after all of the nights out were done, what does it tell us? He was alone. The friends were, go- or were gone. The bank balance was empty. There was nothing left. And it says that he fain would have filled his belly with the food that the pigs did eat. Imagine. Such was the low condition of this man. I wonder, am I speaking to someone in the meeting this evening? And for you, you've tried the pleasures of this world. You've tried to get away from the gospel and all of its restraints as you think so. But tonight, if you were honest before God, it's just brought you very low. Life for you is just so empty. There's no enjoyment in it. Well, this man, I noticed something of his depravity. Well, you know, what led to his distress, for he was hungry. You know, this man, in all of his condition, his low condition, you know, his mind, he began to think of home. He began to think of all that was there. He began to think of all that he could have had. You know, I wonder tonight, maybe in your soul, if you're honest before God, maybe no one else knows you're thinking. Maybe there's just something within your mind tonight and you would just long. As you look at other people and the joy that they have, other Christians, maybe there's just something within your soul if you were honest. I would just love to have what they have. You know, this man, as he was in the far country, as I say, he began to think about home. Well, that was the sinner who left home. I must keep going. Proverbs chapter 7. You know, we read there about another man and he left home. You know, if Luke chapter 15 tells us of a sinner who left home, really as an act of rebellion, turning his back upon his family, turning his back upon God, for it tells us eh, in his great confession that I have sinned against heaven If we have thought of a man out of rebellion who left home, let me tell you about a saviour who left home, not as an act of rebellion, but out of an act of love. You know, I love the words of that hymn. that goes something like this. Oh, what wondrous love and mercy thou didst lay thy glory by. Listen. And from heaven. And for us didst come from heaven as the Lamb of God to die. Let me tell you the wonderful story again of the gospel Can I tell you about a Savior who left the ivory palaces, came into a world of woe. Only his great eternal love made my Savior go. A Savior who left home. You know, I'm speaking to many in our meeting tonight, and, you know, we're longing to be in heaven. You know, there's just something about this world with all of its sorrows and problems that we're really looking forward to leaving it all behind. We're longing for a day when we'll be in the presence of the Savior eternally. When sin will not be a problem to us ever again. When the sorrows will be over. The tears will be gone. And you know, as Christians, we think about leaving here and going home. You know, the marvel to my heart is this. That the one that was in heaven, he left home for this world not amazing? Does that not thrill your soul to think of it? We were reminded of the verse in the prayer meeting that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Savior who left home. I was thinking about his reason that he came. That was his, his love towards lost sinners. You know, this man in Luke chapter 15 that we're reading about, this prodigal son, he left home having thoughts of himself. He didn't really care about anybody else or the feelings that he hurt of anybody else. You know, the Savior, you know, he left heaven. He left home. You know, he wasn't thinking about himself. You know, he was thinking about this world. Can I make it a little more personal tonight? He was thinking about you. That's the reason that the Savior came from the blinding heights of another world in order that he might go at last to Calvary. That was the great result of his coming to earth. You know, I was enjoying just this morning to think about the price that was paid in his coming. You know, if you go through our our, our Bible, you'll learn about the price of our things that were paid for the price of things that were paid for. I was thinking in the Old Testament, when you go back into uh, the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, you're reminded there of the price that they paid for a slave, for Joseph. They paid, they wear out 20 pieces of silver. I was thinking later, when you came to the book of Exodus and it talks about the price of a servant, you know, it, it, was, it was seen in the, the mark in his ear. He had his ear borne through. When it came to the story of Abraham, I was thinking, you know, it tells us the price that he paid for for a burying place, the cave of Machpelah. It tells us that he paid 400 pieces of silver. I come to the New Testament and I read the story of Judas Iscariot and it tells us that he paid for the price of the Savior 30 pieces of silver. You know, when I come to the cross, dear friend, I couldn't ever begin to be able to tell you how much the Savior paid. I couldn't. It will take likely take all of eternity and far more to be able to try at least in some way to plumb the depths of what all was paid that day at Calvary. You know, we paid the price of rejection. I see that very clearly in the the gospel writings. They tell us, Isn't it, John, that tells us that he bearing his cross went forth? Isn't it, Luke, that tells us that when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. You know, the poet has said, Hark, I hear the dull blow of the hammer swung low. They're nailing my Lord to the tree. As the cross they upraise, and the multitude gaze. On the blessed Lamb of dark Calvary. You see, I would have thought as I read my Bible about the Savior and of how great a man he was, I would have thought that this world would have given him a diadem, a silver crown, a golden crown. I would have thought that they would have given him a golden scepter in his hand, but no. Says the little words of the chorus, there was no crown for him of silver or of gold. There was no diadem for him to hold. But thorns adorned his brow and pride its stain he bore and sinners gave to him the crown he wore. He paid the price of rejection. But you know what I want to tell you tonight and what I want to get to is this. Not only did he pay the price of rejection, he paid the price of your redemption. I wonder if you ever thought of that. You see, you and I as sinners, we are at a distance from God. I think we're all in the meeting would be very honest. We've all sinned, fallen short of God's perfect standard. And tonight we need someone to stand in the gap. We need a savior to come and to pay the price at Calvary. Well, the grand news of the gospel is this, that one has come from heaven, leaving home. And he's went to the cross, and the price that God's law demanded, thank God, was the price that love was willing to pay. And at the cross I see one who was nailed by his hands and by his feet. But says Peter, writing in 1 Peter chapter 3, that one that was paying the price of rejection, says Peter, He says, Christ also hath once suffered for sins. Why? The just, that's Christ. For us, the unjust ones. And tonight as you look at Calvary, I trust that you're there by the eye of faith. That you're able to see one who was willing to pay the price in order that your soul might be saved. And tonight I'm glad to tell you that you can be saved on the authority of a finished work at Calvary. For God has been entirely satisfied with everything that his son has accomplished there. Well, I must move on. Time's nearly gone. I want us to think about this prodigal going back to Luke chapter 15 again. You know, it tells us about this prodigal. And he came home. You know, I told you about him making a very bad decision. You know, this was the best decision that he ever made. I just want to say something tonight. If you were to get saved in this meeting. It would be the best decision that you would ever make. You would never regret. You speak to some of these sisters or brethren in our meeting tonight who are older. And they've been on the pathway to glory. Maybe for 60 or 70 years. Maybe more. And they'll be able to tell you that they have never regretted. The moment that they trusted Christ for salvation. Well this man. This man. You know, I want you to think about his turning, for it tells us here, as he began to think about home, as he began to think of all of the pleasures that he could have and he could enjoy. You know, he makes a marvelous statement. You know what he says? He says, I will arise and I will go. He says, I will say, Father, I have sinned against heaven. Tell me tonight, have you ever been there? Have you ever bowed as a lost sinner and acknowledged that I have sinned? Or tonight, has there never been a moment in your life when you've really realized this, that I've sinned against the God of heaven? Mind you, that's a perilous place to be, to think that I'm guilty before a holy God. You know, I was thinking just on the way up the road, I was just thinking, you know, about people You know, sometimes we don't know that we are guilty. I was thinking of a person that I know recently, and you know they were they were sailing along the road, and they they were just way over the speed limit. And they reached their house. They thought all was well, was grand. They were guilty of breaking the law, but they didn't know it. They didn't feel it. It wasn't until two weeks later that they got something through the post. They knew it then. They knew their guilt. Mind you, tonight in our meeting, you know from Romans chapter number 3, and is it verse 19 and verse number 20 that tells us that the whole world is guilty before God. This man, he felt his guilt, he says, I have sinned. I wonder tonight in the meeting, you maybe didn't come to make this decision, but I would love... Maybe for you, life has just trundled on past. The years have slipped through. You've went longer in your sin than you ever dreamed you would. I would love that you would get to this moment tonight like this man got to. And he just bowed, likely at the side or in a field. And he says, I have sinned against heaven. But I want you to notice he didn't stop there. For not only do we read of his turning, we read of his great transformation. We read of his great change. For what does his father say to him? He says, lost and is found, dead, alive. You know, salvation will bring a great change. It'll change your outlook and life. It'll change your ambitions. It'll change what you do and how you live your life. Say there's nothing to be compared with God's great salvation. You know, I was thinking there at the start of Luke 15 about this story. I'll just mention this and finish. The story of this lost sheep. I want you to notice just three things. I'll just mention them. I want you to notice where the sheep was. It was in a place of danger. I want you to notice the shepherd. You know, I'm amazed every time I read those verses in Luke 15 at the start of it, just the, the desire or the, the pity of the shepherd, just the extent that he was willing to go in order that he might bring that sheep from a place of danger. Where does he bring it to? He puts it on, its shoulders, on his shoulders and he brings it home. You know, tonight in the meeting, if you were to get saved, you know, that's exactly what would happen to you. You'll be taken from a place of danger, lifted up and placed on the shoulders of our blessed Savior. And you'll be awaiting that day when he'll land you safe in heaven. You know, there's a hymn and I love to sing. I love to sing it, especially at the conferences. It's always good singing there. You know what it, it says? We'll all gather home in the morning on the banks of the bright jasper sea. We'll meet the redeemed and the faithful. What a gathering that will be. Tell me tonight. Have you ever such prospect in your soul that one day I'll meet those in heaven that have gone before? Or is it possible you're going to be like this man in Luke chapter 16? He's in hell. He's thinking of home. You know, I think it was Spurgeon that said, you know, a man can't really preach on hell unless he has a tear in his eye. You know, I wondered this afternoon, just as I came but I'd be speaking to people and for you. It'll be the torments of hell. And it'll be the thoughts of home. Thinking of what could have been. Thinking of the opportunities that I had. And I just let them slip. I said to you tonight, just be very Careful. That God doesn't take your decision in this meeting to be final. And you end up like this man. In torments in hell. I trust tonight that you'll be like this prodigal. And the one that had left home. Thank God he returned home. We'll sing it in a moment. I trust it will be the words of your heart. Lord I've wandered far. Now. I'm coming home, shall we pray? Our Father, we commit our time that we've just spent around thy word. We just pray that uh, in the words that have been said and the scriptures that have been read, that our Father, that it might go in deep to the heart of some dear soul. And that even in this meeting, as it comes to a close, that there might be someone who will put their trust in Christ. We pray that thou would remember us throughout the hours of the evening. Take us to our homes in safety as we give thee our thanks again for thy Son, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.